I think as parents, we live or die a little bit too much by our child's performance. And I say that I'm not like that, but I apparently am, you know. Welcome to the 30 Second Book Club podcast. It's a place for people who want to read more books and uh, be in a book club, but don't have time to do either. And uh, this week, maybe you don't have time to do either because you're just trying to keep your head above water because you're a single mom and you just don't have any time because <laughs> you're just dealing with that. You know who understands that? Kelly Pomeroli, and she's also a comedian, and she works in Hollywood. She writes uh, movies for the Hallmark Channel, which we'll talk about in the interview in a little bit. And she's written a book for you called Confessions of a Proverbs 32 Woman, How I Went from Messed Up to Blessed Up Without Changing a Single Thing. And Kelly, I know that during this time in the pandemic, you've also been homeschooling. So let's just start with a bonus question. How are you handling it? And, you know, what advice do you have for other moms that are doing the same? Um, I don't think that cheating is wrong when it comes to homeschool. I really don't. I feel that if I need to help my fourth grader pass math, which is, by the way, much too hard for me, uh, with the itself of, I think it's every man for himself when it comes to homeschool. And if you've got that thing called common core, which is two plus two is whatever you feel like it should be. If it's organic, God help you. Like, I just don't think that mom should have any rules. Just get it done. Okay. Get it done. I've become an expert in counting how many macaroni shells are 13 times three. I, I feel that I deserve honor roll if my child gets an award. Well, I think this is a great way to just jump into your book of uh, being a Proverbs 32 woman. And uh, so let's start here. What is a Proverbs 32 woman, Carrie? Well, as a comedian, I used to always joke that I read Proverbs 31 woman in the Bible and it didn't speak to me. I have to be honest. I don't plow and I don't rise early. And I was like, oh, she gathers her food from afar. Jesus, that's takeout. And uh, women used to always really resonate with the fact that I said I was a Proverbs 32 woman. I will submit to not going to work or she rises late and her kids make her breakfast. So uh, all these years I would do jokes about not measuring up to that Proverbs 31 standard. And I finally, I wrote two books. They came out on the same day. One is a devotional. Um, and it was really just about talking to the Proverbs 31 woman in heaven. I got her email. And I was like, uh, you've been stressing out thousands of women for generations. Was it really so perfect in your life? And how does biblical womanhood compare to what we're struggling with today? And uh, so it was really fun. The, the second book is the 60 Day Devo. I wrote about things you don't normally hear about, like Botox and, um, you know, like cheating on my kids' homework. But uh, I hope that women will laugh a lot and just feel some grace. And so what, what kind of feedback are you getting from women about, uh, about, about your book and, and this Proverbs so 32 So my idea? favorite review came from this boy. His name's Eric. I had a crush on him in high school, and I didn't know he read my books. <laughs> and he said that his wife bought his book, and he kept stealing it and going into his study and reading it because he would laugh out loud and thought, oh, wow, is this really what's in the heads of women? I need to understand my wife better. But I hope that they feel that God is a God of grace and God loves them right where they are. Because that's my whole message to any book that I write is that we are a hot mess, hashtag hot mess for Jesus, but that's okay. So that's my underlying message that God is not calling us to be perfect. Well, let's jump into the book a little bit here. And as a guy, I got to admit, I feel the same way as your um, ex-boyfriend <laughs> that there was, it I was, wish he was my boyfriend. He never dated me. He was much older, but I was oh. flattered that he knows who I am. 
<laughs> and so uh, I, I, there are so many great stories. You're a great storyteller. So let's start here. Let's talk about your 22 minute story. Yeah, well, that was kind of based on the fact that I, as a traveling mom or working parent, you know, we can all relate to that. Sometimes we have really small amount of times with our kids. And I was leaving for a flight and I had 22 minutes at five o'clock in the morning and my four-year-old was like, can we cuddle? Can we cuddle? And she got into bed and I just kept watching that clock going, I wish that this 22 minutes would last forever. I just didn't want to let her go. And as I was on the plane that morning, it occurred to me that that's probably how God feels about me and you when we spend time with him, that that 22 minutes or whatever we choose to give God during our so-called busy day, that he relishes that time. And it really convicted me to go, is that all I have for him? You know, is that really, is, where does God fit in between Facebook and Instagram and uh, homeschool? You know what I mean? So it was just something to think about that really stopped me in my tracks. So you were talking in the book about um, your nine-year-old daughter may not, might be more spiritual than you. <laughs> that and she's turning. She's she's twelve now since I uh, you know I wrote the book a few years ago. She is so. She's reading Smith Wigglesworth biography. I mean, it's five hundred pages. I I literally have to do devotions with her to keep up. I mean, you know how spiritual you are when your child is leading the devotions and you're like, well, Lord, it's not like I didn't spend time with you today. I read with my kids, okay? And I read Smith Wigglesworth. And oh, by the way, I know we're doing video for some people. Look at this book. Look at this book. This book is 800 pages. And this is what my 12-year-old is reading. And I'm still reading like children's Bible, okay? Like, like Noah got in the ark. So um, I think it's good to have kids. They raise our spiritual uh, expectations. And I, I was just, I thought it was funny. And Smith, Smith Wigglesworth sounds like some sort of children's cartoon as well, by the way. I don't know. Well, yeah. Do you know who Smith, have you ever, for the people who are listening, Smith Wigglesworth was a incredible pastor in the late 1800s and early, and he would heal people, but he was really weird. Like sometimes this lady had a tumor in her stomach and he punched her. And then the tumor went away. I mean, it's like miraculous and crazy at the same time. Um, so we kind of really enjoy reading biographies. And for anybody who's listening, there's this great kids book series called God's Generals that I've been reading with my kids. And um, it's biographies of some of the great people of faith through the years, mainly in the last 200 years. But, uh, and they're children's books, so they're broken down a little bit. And to be honest with you, I think that's where my spiritual level is most days. This is where I feel spiritually lately. <laughs> well, you talked well, you talked about in the book though that you know being inspired by your nine-year-old daughter, it kind of helps you figure out how to enjoy reading your Bible. I really do audio Bible. That helps me a lot. Even if sometimes I put it on at night and I go to sleep to it. I um I'm a competitive type A person. So I love games. So I try to read the Bible in a year and I compete against myself to see if I can make it. So right now I'm in October and I, I just, try, and I know God's like, oh good. Did you check it off the bucket list today? You know, but um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to give yourself life hacks. There's a great TV show called the chosen. Have you heard about that? Yeah. I just, I had about a hundred people say, you got to watch the chosen. And I finally watched it. Just uh, what do you think? incredible and just a way that I don't think I've ever felt 
the Bible jump out to me like that before. It really made it more than just, okay, I'm reading Jesus's word. You're seeing, this is what it was like. In coming from somebody in Hollywood, you know why that was so good? Hmm. They had good actors. I'm telling you, that's the secret to these projects. When you see something that's quality, it's because they had a budget and they hired really good actors. I mean, I'm not trying to say that there's projects with bad actors. Perhaps we've seen some where, you know, they're not hiring professionals. They had, a, they had a potluck, but the actors were really good in this project and it makes all the difference. Hmm. That's uh, yeah, it's really good. I, I've been telling everybody about it too. And I'll tell on one other thing too on that. My wife noticed this too, the music. It adds to the whole thing. I mean, I mean, I even have the Spotify playlist yeah. just listening to it. Just so forever. good. Yeah, all and the so writing good. was the writing was really solid too. Mm-hmm. And and let's go here, because I think this is part of what you you understand too. There is there's stories of people being broken. It's not all like a lot of Christian movies where it's there's not really a lot of conflict or bad or whatever or just everything kind of ends up okay in the end. But but there's a lot of conflict in just real life. That Mary Magdalene scene where he grabbed her in the bar. Remember, mm-hmm. the, it was like episode two, and she was just like shunned, and you could tell she was just this woman of the night, and he just put his hand on her, and it was just so powerful. Like, mm-hmm. that could happen today, you know? Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that just need somebody to, to put, put, their, put his hand on them, you know? Hey, is, is Ruby nearby? Because actually, I want to talk to you about, you have such a great story about when she was uh, in first grade. Do you want to maybe, maybe oh, share a little? Um, I'll, yeah, she's, she's been banished by her father. But, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I wrote a chapter called I'm Failing First Grade. And um, I, my daughter was in first grade and not uh, the favorite of, or uh, in my opinion, the favorite of the teacher. And I think as parents, we live or die a little bit too much by our child's performance. And I say that I'm not like that, but I apparently am you know do you have kids by the way yeah I got three I've got a two-year-old an eight-year-old and a uh, 13-year-old and definitely like your Ruby my Ezra who's my eight-year-old he he's always getting notes back from the teacher he needs to pay more attention please work with this (laughs) we're trying and it was such it's such a like don't I I have such a don't ask don't tell relationship with the teachers I'm like just don't tell me and I won't ask, you know? And so <laughs> the one good thing about priest, uh, homeschool is they don't get in trouble as much publicly, you know, at least you can hide it. But the whole chapter was about really embracing that every child is different. Every teacher is going to be different. Every relationship is going to be different. And we have to kind of the way God loves us, like love our kids where they are and see them. You know, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it really turned out differently than I expected. So, um, it was a great lesson for me to be like, don't, don't put God, don't put God in a box. And yesterday we, Ruby's in fourth grade. Now we just got her progress report and she's getting all A's. I mean, it was like the whole family was like, we need to get fireworks. We need to get balloons. <laughs> it was such a big deal. She's come so far and um, you know, she can't break into the boys bathroom anymore because it's zoom school. So uh, we have her in a <laughs> controlled environment. <laughs> One thing I love about your book, okay, it's very real. You know, that's why it's a Proverbs 32 woman. We're not going to pretend like we can be Proverbs 31 women. And you, right. uh, you talk about um, the, the defense of Martha, who, I don't know, she kind of gets a bad rap sometimes, right? In that story I of Mary and Martha. I love Martha. 
Okay. And in this world, you're either a Mary or a Martha and you need Martha's because Martha made the snacks. Okay. And that was my whole chapter was you ask your wife, if Jesus, the savior of the world is coming over for lunch tomorrow, is she going to clean the house? Is she going to make deviled eggs? Is she going to make, you know, something delightful for the 50 people that are coming? So I, uh, I think there's a lot of Martha's out there in this world that are go, 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 do, do, do. And I just wanted to give them some props that God made you that way that we can meet in the middle, that Mary had the right idea too, of course, you know, worshiping God. But I think that we don't need to shun the fact that we are some type A workaholics because the world goes round because of women like Martha, okay? Martha's get it done. So um, I, I just wanted to give her some, some shout outs. Now in your chapter, One is the Loneliest Number, you talk about some of the challenges of being a single mom, especially in the church. And you know, what would you say to others who are kind of going through that journey? I think that as I talked about in the chapter, that God provides family in the weirdest of ways, uh, you know, and don't be afraid to ask for help. When, when it was Mother's Day and I was feeling so sad, or it might've been Easter and my neighbors were like, do you want to come over and barbecue? Like, I think the key to being <clears throat> a successful single mom is allowing people in, allowing people in to, to be in your life, to to help with that handyman thing that you may not have uh, somebody there all the time to, to help get rid of all the spider webs or do whatever it is. But you know, um, loneliness is real. And if you can admit to God and yourself that, you know, this is a real emotion, there's no shame in that. There's just absolutely no shame. Um, and I speak to married people too. Like we all feel lonely. We all have those, those moments, but if we just ignore it, God can't get in our heart. And what he's done for me time and time again is showed me, I, I have a tribe for you. I have people for you. You need to look around. It may not be the way you're desiring it and you're designing it, but I have something better. Now, you talked about in the uh, chapter, the grass is always greener, even when it's fake. You know, another struggle that you have, and I think a lot of us do. And I think it, 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 can, uh, um, it can be for any profession, but especially in the entertainment industry like you, me being- and you. Kind of, in the, yeah, exactly. Me too. I mean, there's people I see. I'll, I'll be honest. I see people. And I think, really, they're doing that. Oh, Why can't that be don't me? Get me don't get me started. <laughs> they must. I don't know. They must know more people than me. I don't know. Uh, but so, what helps you kind of get over that jealousy of people that you at least perceive being more successful than you? Um, I stay off TikTok. Because I'm a professional entertainer and I work really hard to make funny videos. And then I watch a celebrity eat an apple and get like 5 million views. Um, and so I have to stay in my lane sometimes. I have to just be like, this is where I am today. And then I wrote about it in the chapter. My lane is really good. I am really blessed that I get to do what I do. You know, I was writing, oh, my friend got an HBO series and my friend sold all these movies. But that very night that I was feeling all that jealousy, I got to pray for like, I don't even know a hundred people. I mean, just pray over and over and, and really show the gospel and make people laugh. And the fulfillment that I got from that really brought me to tears that night in my hotel. God's like, this is your lane. This is where I'm using you. And this is where you can be the most effective. And the fulfillment from that doesn't even compare to the fulfillment that secular entertainment would give me. And I do get blessed, you know, to do both. And there's, joy on both sides, but I would, I would give all that up to just continue doing what God wants me to do. You also talk uh, in the book about Mean Girls, and, and Kelly, I, I feel like we always, we, I think everybody thought we were done with this when we got out of high school. 
But <laughs> how do you deal with that as an adult? Uh, there's a lot of prayer. Um, yeah, like my mother said, it's not gossip if your head is bowed, so you can pray about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, mean girls are still around. And by the way, here's a newsflash. Some of them are in the church. Just a crazy thought. But uh, I, I, we can't deal with it the way the world does. We can't write on our Facebooks these passive aggressive messages like the devil is at work today and then tag all those people that we're mad at. So I think today we're in a very big cancel culture and it's really easy to play those games of like, um, you're out, you're, you know, at mafia, you're dead to me, you're dead to me. And I really feel like um, I'm learning that more and more, even now, especially with the pandemic and everything that we've been going through and the world is acting a fool in this cancel culture. You do one thing wrong. You don't represent what I represent. You don't post like I post. You're gone. You're out of my life. And that's a, that's a tool of the devil. I mean, just full on a tool of the devil to cause division in the body of Christ. So I think that we have to be aware of it and then we fight against it. We've talked a little bit about this, but you know, you being in Hollywood and that's going to be so difficult. You, you talk about that a little bit in the book, you know, just kind of what, I don't know, as Christians, how can we pray for people in Hollywood, for people like you in Hollywood? You know, where's your heart when it comes to stuff like that? Well, like for instance, right now, Chris Pratt is getting just completely railed uh, because he goes to a Christian church and the Bible is believed at that church. And they, I think they've said publicly, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. They haven't like made a big deal about it, but I think they publicly profess that. Mm -hmm. So he's getting railed in the public eye that he's a heretic, that he's a religious zealot. He's a terrible person. I think that when you find somebody that you come across in Hollywood that you like, that you like what they stand for, it's just supporting what they do. It's supporting those projects that you like. Supporting is better than boycotting and being hateful. I'm really blessed I get to write for the Hallmark Channel. And, uh, you know, yes, the movies can be a little bit predictable, but I'm super happy to write for a clean network that does clean family programming. So if you find something that you like, support it with all your with all your energy. Yes, they read the social media posts. Yes, those celebrities that are getting railed, write something nice about them. Trust me, they read it. They read all of it. So being positive is much more powerful than being negative. All right, well, now that you've said you write for the Hallmark Channel, I gotta ask you, do you, do, do you write some of the Christmas um, stuff? Uh, yeah, I have a Christmas script that has not been produced yet. I can't tell you the ending, but there's a snowstorm and she's a princess. But uh, I, I'm very blessed to have that uh, relationship with them. It's kind of slow right now because of COVID and everything. So I'm hoping to get back to work on projects. Thank God for Hallmark because without them, I wouldn't get my health insurance during COVID. So, <laughs> but no, well, it's an honor. It's It's a total honor. And there's some really good other you know netflix is coming out with some family programming hulu's coming out with some family programming if you find something that's family programming just support it just write on twitter write on facebook i love this show believe me it matters hmm. yeah as we mentioned chosen's great um yes there's some other great things that are coming out as do you think i mean you've seen now that you've been in hollywood for a while do you feel like they're more open to hey, here's, here's a group of people that maybe we can cater to some more. Is there more openness to that now? Well, I think it goes in seasons. Christians get trendy for a minute and a half. And then, you know, I think some people are making faith-based films for faith-based audiences, and that's its own animal. Then there's faith-based stories that are for more diverse audiences, something like a 
Miracles from Heaven with Jennifer Garner, like faith-based stories. I, I see faith in certain shows, but I don't think Hollywood is going out of its way to serve the faith-based community because we're not loud enough. And the problem with the faith-based community is they're watching all the horror movies and they're watching all the inappropriate shows just as much as they're watching faith-based. So if you're going to watch Outlander and Fifty Shades of Grey and Game of Thrones and then go say that you want to support the faith-based programming, they have your Nielsen ratings. They see, you don't think that people see what you're watching, but you're your TV is hooked up to ratings. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they know. So whatever you're doing in secret, it's still making a difference in the kind of voice that you have. Not to say the big brother's watching your TV, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like yeah. if these movies are making a lot of money, then Hollywood is like, why should we change? Maybe you're getting ready to go back to work and not just work from home, but be in the office. And you're thinking, what's it gonna look like? I, I still wanna be able to, I don't know, live out my faith journey in a real way. How does it, how do I do that? Well, there's a great book for you called 31 Decrees of Blessing for Your Work Life. Talking about bringing the power of God to your workplace and also the power of decrees. Something I had never really unpacked before, but it's biblical, it's really cool. And we'll be talking with author Oz Hillman about that next week in the 30 Second Book Club podcast.